This week will be in Proverbs chapter 3. If you want to go ahead and, and be turning there, um, be given a little bit of an introduction for us. Um, we, we, we've talked about how Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And so, in order to preach on the book of wisdom, Tim found the youngest guy around. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you for that first, Timothy. That, that first Timothy uh, 4.12 shout out there. Thank you so much. Um, I will not let anyone look down on my youth, but I'm also not going to lie about it. Uh, I, I, have, I have accumulated some gray hairs, um, so I've been told. But um, they're, they're not quite noticeable yet, but, but they will be soon enough. Um, now, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of how I, I, I preface the, the Colossians uh, chapter 3 sermon that, that we went through a couple weeks ago uh, on marriage. And of course, uh, not a married guy yet. <laughs> but the, the same way that I introduced that uh, passage is that um, I hope that what I share with you today isn't, doesn't originate from me. Um, and, and that... And then I'm pointing uh, everyone here to Scripture. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I want to present to you very objectively of this is what I think God's Word says um, and, and not try to dilute it, um, you know, with, with the small amount of wisdom that, that, I, that I have, you know, as, as a young person. Um, but, but would love to share with you just some nuggets uh, from, from Proverbs today uh, that, that hopefully will guide you in your quest to live a wise life. As Paul you know, encouraged the, the church at Ephesus, he says, walk as wise and not as unwise. And, and the, the charge is the same for us today, that, that the book of Proverbs, that, that Scripture as a whole, uh, has immense and unsearchable wisdom for us in terms of how we live our, how we live our lives to honor and please God. So with that, uh, I, I kind of want to recap the, the past two weeks a little bit. Uh, Lance shared with us in the first week about um, how wisdom is God's advice for us. And, and if we were to define wisdom, uh, wisdom is the application of knowledge with right perspective. The application of knowledge with right perspective. I've heard it said this way. Uh, knowledge tells us that tomato is a fruit, but wisdom helps us know not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> right? And so maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that, that helps you kind of connect that. But from a, from a biblical perspective, if we're looking at this from a right perspective, which I would contend is a biblical perspective, I would say wisdom is a depository of life application from God that we ingest from His Word and grow into by being in relationship with Him. So we're going we're gonna to sort of unpack what that statement means today. And, and, and here's the, the, the nature of Proverbs chapter 3. In the main sanctuary, they've been going through a, a series called Verses, our favorite ones. And uh, they've been you know, unpacking Philippians 4.13 and Jeremiah 29.11 was what Randy preached from today uh, in the main sanctuary. And uh, you know, everyone submitted their favorite verses and they compiled the ones that they had the most frequency with. And uh, they, they sort of added some context to, to some of the favorite verses because as you know, as we get familiar and comfortable with these verses, especially in the whole, you know, the name it, claim it sphere, um, we have a tendency uh, to, for these, these verses to kind of become devoid of their meaning. And that's not what we want to happen as we read God's Word. You know, God's Word is, is living and active and, and, you know, is able to divide joint and marrow. And so um, I don't want you to be lulled to sleep with 
Proverbs chapter 3 today because maybe this is your life verse or you're very familiar with this passage. And we're going to stay in uh, verses 1 through 6. And I got special permission from Tim to do that. Um, But if we went through the whole chapter, it it would be very scattered and and all over the map. And so um, I encourage you, though... uh, Hopefully that, that, that you feel equipped after we, uh, after we go through the first six verses to read the rest of the chapter in context. And also I want us to, to come at it from a perspective too of we're, we're hearing it as the listeners did. And so um, now that we've defined, uh, now that we've defined wisdom and, and we talked about a biblical perspective, last week Randy preached, and for those of you who are here, he basically said that millennials like myself are the worst. <laughs> And he talks about how we live in, in a microwave kind of fast food culture and you know, we're, we're seeking instant gratification and how wisdom doesn't come about that way. That it's, it's a slow marinating process. And so uh, at the end, I came up uh, yet last week and I shared with you a, a, a resource that I'd pulled for this sermon. It's called Two Minutes in the Proverbs. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't actually purchase this book. It was given to me at a conference. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, pull, I saw. Hey, Proverbs. I pulled it off my bookshelf and, and started to uh, to look to look at it. But hey, two minutes in the Bible is better than no minutes in the Bible, right? So, um, but you know, Randy talked last week about how our discipleship material is kind of um, has been marketed to where um, we you know we want to we want to get through it quickly and, and um, you know uh, you know not not to throw the author of this book under the bus. Um, but I uh, just, just wanted to share that with you. So let's, uh, let's, let's dive into to Proverbs chapter 3. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So right off the bat, um, the, the, the phrases that jump out to me here in, in verses 1 and, and 3, um, it says, But keep my commands in your heart. Write them, or let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. What Solomon is telling us here in Proverbs in terms of allowing things to penetrate our heart is that it's infused into our nature and becomes our identity. And so if we were to, to take the counsel of God's word, if we were to take the, the wisdom that he's about to share from us from his life experience and his knowledge of walking with God, and for it to be written into our heart, to be, for it to, to penetrate our hearts, we have to allow it to clash with our nature and redefine who we are. The, uh, the Hebrew understanding of this word, uh, the Hebrew word is labak uh, for heart, is a little bit different than our 21st century understanding of what, of what heart means. I think uh, maybe from a 21st century perspective, we, and, and, and maybe I'm speaking more for millennials uh, again, uh, just as a caveat, but maybe our understanding of what it means to love God with all of our heart has been reduced to an emotion. 
we come to church or we come to a worship service and we hear a song and we feel this burning emotion in our heart and we think that's what it means to love God with all of our heart. If you recall the, the, the verse from, uh, from Deuteronomy 6, it says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. So it pretty much covers every area of our consciousness. And then that word at the, at the end, strength, in Hebrew is translated to the word exceedingly. And that doesn't really, doesn't go well in our English translation. But, but basically what that says is everything you have left over. So all that you have and everything you have left over. Which covers pretty much everything, right? And so we can't just reduce this word heart to just an emotion. Or something that we feel. On, this, on the same token, we can't say that loving the Lord with all of our heart just means how we think about God and, and, and loving Him in an intellectual way and just trying to understand and seek knowledge. knowledge. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, this book is about wisdom. It's about applying knowledge. But there's a balance there between the head and the heart that I think there's a, somewhat of a disconnect in our culture. But I love the way that the Hebrew understanding is... This word uh, that, that I share with you, labak, means the center of the conscious will. So this incorporates both emotion and intellect, and it's the intersection of desire and rationale. And so for us to love God with all of our heart, for us to trust God with all of our heart, contextually, this is telling us to love Him with our conscious will, by the choices that we make, the person that we choose to be. And when we attach to trust at the beginning of that, we are entrusting our lives. We are entrusting who we are becoming to God because it's in far better hands than what we could shape and do ourselves. We have this beautiful uh, analogy in, in 1 Corinthians that talks about how we are, potter, we are uh, clay in the hands of a potter and how God is shaping us and molding us. It's a beautiful picture of how we entrust our lives to God. That ultimately, that we believe that who we are supposed to become is held by Him and created and ordained by Him and we have to submit to His design in order to accomplish that. So that is the intent of this first part of the phrase, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now here's the thing that's, uh, that's also kind of problematic about maybe our, our Christian subculture in, in, in the modern day is that... Um, you know, we we, we kind of cling to this verse from Jeremiah seventeen nine. It says, "The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it?" And I think that if we misinterpret that verse, we can sound really pious and say, "My heart is just so wicked and deceitful, and uh, there, you know, there's nothing that I can do about it." And and we we kind of reserve our place ourselves into this place where we think that. There's nothing good that can come from our heart. And, 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 and don't, miss, don't mishear what I'm trying to tell you, but if you've trusted Christ, if you've been redeemed by Christ, didn't he give you a new heart? Don't you have a regenerate heart now? So while people may be well-intentioned when, when we talk about um, you know, our deceitful and wicked heart, yes, that's before Christ came into your life. That's before you were redeemed and made new. Of course, you're going to make mistakes. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. But ultimately, what's produced out of our heart, if we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, is pleasing to God. 
we're in right standing. He looks at you and sees what, what Christ did. He sees the work of Christ and the gospel on display in your life. And so our hearts are capable of pleasing Him. So entrust that to Him. We don't, we don't want it to, in, in our false humility, say, you know, woe is my wicked heart. You know, I, can, I can never please God with it. No, that's what, that's what Christ came to fix. He's the cure. So you have a good heart. Use it. So back, back, to, back to the intent of the heart as we, as we talk from this, this passage from the Hebrew understanding. Wisdom is, is when the knowledge of God penetrates and drives our conscious will. I talked about what our, our conscious will. Um, you know, life will, will throw, at, throw at you broken or missing parts, um, tough circumstances, vague instructions, or tasks that require more than we think that we're capable of. And so how do we access, access the wisdom to confront those situations? To that I would say wholeheartedness. Our main point for our message today, we're going to kind of reiterate a little bit, but the pursuit of wisdom is a whole-hearted endeavor. And if you remember from our, our greeting question, Tim was, was talking about, uh, or I posed the question, you know, when was the last time that you went after something wholeheartedly? Or you passionately pursued something? And for a lot of, a lot of men in the room that, that I talked to said, well, my wife who's standing right here. That's a great example of how you set your heart on her and you went after her. I'm learning about so much about what that means in my own life. Maybe, maybe it was uh, a, a position that, um, you know, in your career that, that you set your heart to and you set as a goal and you ran after it and you chased after it. Maybe it was something that you wanted to see your kids accomplish. Maybe it was, um, you know, a, a goal that's been around for a long time that you set your heart to and you went after. You can, you can all maybe recall that time of wholeheartedness, right? And, and, and it'd be really easy for this sermon to turn into like a locker room speech where, you know, I get everybody charged up. You know, we're going we're gonna to run through the doors and we're going to go after God wholeheartedly. We need wisdom to do that. We can't just run around with, with emotion and, and get charged up and fired up and, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But we need the balance and the, the levelness of, of, of wisdom of Scripture, right? So maybe what I'm subjecting to you is this intersection of desire and rationale. That the pursuit of God has to be a balance of the wisdom that we receive from Scripture. Ooh. We good, Bo? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and <laughs> it's hard not to lose your place after that. Um, the 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 balance. Desire and rationale, and I think that that wisdom is is right in the sweet spot of those two things. In Jeremiah uh, twenty nine. Verses uh, 11 through 13, uh, Randy preached on this passage today in the main sanctuary. Um, but we're all familiar with it. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then some of us stop right there. 
But the next part is so crucial. It says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. How many times do we come to that person in our life who uh, we look up to spiritually, uh, like a mentor or a, a trusted friend, and we say, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know what he's leading me to do. Is scripture telling us here that he's going to leave us without guidance? No, he said, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that's not, that's not to um, explain away or to write off a tough circumstance that somebody in this room is going through. Not to cast off guilt onto you to say, well, you're just not pursuing God enough. That's why bad things are happening to you. That's the worst thing you could say to someone who's hurting. Don't ever do that. But ultimately, Scripture's telling us if we seek God in His wisdom, if we're looking for the foundation that's found in Christ and Christ alone, then there's clarity. And so in order for us to be in tune with God's plan for our lives, it requires wholeheartedness from us. It's not transactional. It's a basic principle of relationship. Let me, let me explain as we go through the next few verses. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Now this is the tough part of this verse about leaning on your own understanding. For me, this is particularly hard when I'm assembling something. Now, uh, I, uh, you, you all see where this is going. But uh, the, the two weekends ago, I, I helped my parents. They, they moved a few miles down the road, and I helped them move. Uh, this past, this actually just yesterday, got back from helping my fiance Caroline move out to Dallas. And so I'm just, uh, you know, I have a truck, and so everybody likes to ask me to move. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the bumper sticker. It says, yes, this is my truck. No, I can't help you move. I haven't, I haven't invested in that, uh, in that bumper sticker yet. But these are, these are all people that I'm really glad to help. Me and my parents, my fiance. So, um, Anyways, my role as a mover is to be the heavy lifting and the assembly guy. Uh, everything else in terms of like unpacking boxes, you know, I try to stay out of. Um, I don't mind you know, uh, offering to, to help carry the heavy things and then put together stuff that, that's been disassembled. And so I've got a lot of experience coming into this move with Caroline from, you know, putting together the bed frame to the headboard and, uh, you know, doing all of that. And so um, <clears throat> I, had, I had a, uh, we just opened a new box and, and uh, pulled out the, the bed frame and I was trying to put it together. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I pulled a major George Lopez and I was like, hey, I got this. Okay, I got this. So I'm putting it together. And then it comes to the, the middle piece that goes across the support rail. And uh, it's not reaching to either side. Like, wait, what? And of course, hadn't read a single word from the instructions. You know, just pulled them out of the box and threw them aside like I do with everything. And, uh, and so I was like, you know, I was trying to find the other pieces that were, um, you know, to, to the, the, the modification pieces I was trying to add to. And nothing was fitting together and I was getting frustrated. And I sat there for probably 15 minutes trying to figure it out. I was like, you know what? Like, I've got I've to to bite the bullet here. My pride is hurt, but I'm pulling the instructions out. And so I go to the instruction manual. And of course, I had to read through very detailed until I figured out the bar doesn't go across horizontally. It went across vertically. And all I had to do was 
turn it. Just like, yeah, Tim's got this crazy look on his face. This is how they're making him these days. Yeah, it's sorcery. But anyways, there's probably, there's probably a lot of physics backing why you need the support board to be this way instead of this way. But um, anyways, fixed it and put it in the right place and assembled it. And I could have saved myself so much time if I had just consulted the instruction manual. And how much, how much of a, a picture uh, is that of us when we try to live our lives leaning on our own understanding? We, if we had just consulted the manual, not that there's always a default answer, but there's a loving God who wants us to consult Him. Who desires to be in relationship with Him. And that segues perfectly into this next point. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. This is kind of, this word acknowledge is, is somewhat of a, uh, a loose translation, or, or the best that we can translate into the English language, but the Hebrew word there literally means to know. So in all your ways, get to know him. That's beautiful. No matter what the life decision is that you're making, no matter what it is that you're walking through, if you're to acknowledge him in all of your ways, you're to get to know him. He designed us to know him, and we need him for guidance. We are on a need-to-know basis with God. Wisdom is pertinent for godly living. And so in, in, in order for us to be in tune with his will, we have to acknowledge him in all of our ways. And what's so, what's so cool about this is, you know, when we look at the first part of the verse, he talks about trusting the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding. Uh, I think we can, we can internalize that. It's safe to internalize that verse because our heart is inside of us. Right? Our conscious will is what goes on between our ears. But this, this verse, I think, is addressing the, the way that you walk about your life, the way that you go about living, get to know him. And the way that you get, go about living, let others know about him. Because I think is, a, is an application or, or implication of what, what this verse is trying to communicate to us. So in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Get to know God's heart. Get to know his character, his beauty, his love. His mercy, His grace in your day-to-day decisions. Makes it sound a lot less mundane, right? Your life's not that boring after all. In the midst of the normalcy, in the midst of the chaos, wherever you are, you can get to know God in all of your ways. That's the point, by the way is that we would know him and that we would be his people. And so in acknowledging God in all of our ways, we get connected to our deepest purpose. We don't have to feel like our life is meaningless and void because we're getting to know our creator in everything that we do. So just instead of coming and getting charged up on Sunday morning, this being our time with God, Christ died for us and gave us a new heart and a new life so that we can get to know him in everything that we do. 
That's an incredible truth. As you navigate relationships, as you confront tough realities, as you make transitions in your life, as you enjoy success in times of abundance, as you make sacrifices for those that you love, as others hurt you, as you respond to inflammatory situations, in all that you do, God desires for you to benefit from his wisdom and his guidance. He's for you. I don't know, I don't know if, that, if those three words resonated with you, but um, Caroline and I were going through some premarital counseling this week, and um, it, it's, been, it's been really healthy and fun uh, to, to, to sort of talk through things and navigate our relationship before. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think about it, uh, I, I, grew, I grew up playing sports, and, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many hitting lessons or pitching lessons that dad paid for, and, uh, and you know, thought about all the time investment I made into preparing myself to, uh, to be a baseball player, um, and, you know, I got, I got very little to show for that now. Um, you know, you think about uh, investing time into relationships in your life, I would encourage you, um, you know, to, to see someone who's licensed and professional uh, and, and will give you wisdom, or just seek out wise counsel. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's licensed, um, but uh, someone that, that you see, you know, it's a couple steps down the road from you and you want wisdom from them, I would encourage you to invest in that. Anyways, at the end of uh, one of our sessions, Bart, Bart stood up and uh, we were about to walk out and he said, uh, hey, I want you guys to know I'm for you. I was like, well, yeah, of course you are, Right? And that's why we're here. He said, no, 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 I'm, I'm for you. I want you to know that. I thought it was such a, a beautiful picture of, of what God's communicating to us in Christ. I gave up myself. I gave up my only son because I'm for you. And that's humbling. That's life-giving so that God is for you. He's pulling for you. More than that, he's there for you for every step along the way. And the best part about it is he, he, he doesn't necessarily give us what we desire in our own understanding. He doesn't give us what we want necessarily. He provides for our ultimate good that leads to his glory. Don't you want to live a life that is your ultimate good. That who you are supposed to become, you became in Christ so that he might be glorified in you. That's good news. I think that that's what this scripture is pointing us toward. To look at this, this last bit of this passage as we, as we seek to wrap this up. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, get to know him. And he will make your paths straight. Hold on, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say that the road was, was narrow that leads to life and few find it? It doesn't sound like a straight path to me. That sounds kind of windy, you know. I think, I think you know, I don't think the, the, the metaphors stand against each other. Um, but as we, were, as we were driving out to, um, to Dallas this weekend... Um, it's a straight shot. It's really clear. Stay on I-20. 
So, you know, didn't, didn't waste my battery life on navigation, but, um, you know, did, uh, I, I had my Spotify playlist going, so my, my phone was, was almost dead by the time we got there. Um, <clears throat> but that, that didn't help anything. But, in other words, you know, this is a clear, straight path. There is clarity, is what God is saying. If you follow and my understanding, if you acknowledge me in all of your ways, then your paths will be made straight. Hey Tim, stay on I-20 all the way. It's clear, right? And you know, you never know what you're going to encounter on the way there, and it's not easy. I'm not saying that the Christian life is easy, and if you go to a place like Dawson where the whole gospel is preached, then you then everyone is comfortable, it's, it's palatable in this room to say that there's difficulty in the Christian life. And that God is primarily interested in increasing our character rather than our comfort. Everyone's okay with that. But I think that the benefit that wisdom affords us is that we can have clarity in the midst of those situations. We can have the wherewithal and the perspective to continue to live in a godly way rather than lash out at God or um, rather than turn away from God. Randy talked about this last week, how the way of the wicked leads to destruction and how ultimately God is going to preserve our life through the end. In Proverbs 14, it says that as well, that there's a way which seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. So God is making our path straight if we wholeheartedly go after his wisdom. So I want to encourage you as we, as we uh, tie a bow on this, as you go out those doors and into the unknown of your life, you can be equipped with the wisdom of God if you go after it wholeheartedly. Spend a little more than two minutes in the Proverbs. (laughs) Meditate on it. Let it marinate. Seek it out in wise counsel in your life. There's endless applications of, of, of how we can take God's wisdom. But we have our source. The play's been called. The path is straight. We just gotta run it. Let me uh let me pray for us. Father, we love you and we thank you for the testimony of your word. Thank you for for how we are all uniquely and individually encouraged in this room. How we're all challenged by your spirit.